Hello, and welcome to Tradigital Tourism Insights, a podcast by Digital Relativity. I'm your host, Pat Strader, founder and CEO at DR with more than 20 years of experience in travel and tourism marketing. And I invite you to join me each week for a quick look at industry trends, research, emerging technologies, and real talk on what works, what doesn't, and why. So grab a coffee, a beer, or a cocktail, there is no judgment here, and let's have some fun with an honest and irreverent look into the nitty-gritty of travel and tourism marketing. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Tradigital Tourism Insights, a podcast by Digital Relativity. It is Friday, January 26th, and we have a lot of information to cover today, so I'm going to jump right in. We're going to start today by talking about some trends related to search, Google search in particular, and this is all related to Google search generative experience, SGE. If you're not familiar with this, it's something that you're going to be hearing about a lot. And there's some important things that I think that we all need to come to an understanding about as it relates to SG. So first of all, let's just kind of look at what is SGE. Again, this is always Google, uh, their search generative experience. And this is simply a new approach to providing search results. So in traditional organic search is querying a database and, and pulling information out based upon you know, the algorithms and all the different data points, and it tries to provide you with the best possible answer. So SCE is rolling in Gemini, Google's AI, uh, large language model, and it's taking queries and applying AI to them to give you some answers. And it is wildly different, the results that is being realized, seeing, I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for here, but the results in SGE and your regular Google organic search are quite, quite different. So what does this all mean? It means a couple of things. One, SEO has always been in flux. I've been doing this since the mid nineties and it has always, always been in flux, always changing. So there's nothing new about that. And in fact, one of the things that concerns me, I'm not sure if that's the right word or not about is GE is that we've become desensitized, I think, as marketers to the changes with Google search. And folks rely largely on creating content, putting in some simple on page types of things, putting it out there in the wild, calling it. The things that are going to be coming down the pipe with SGE are much, much different. And the key point here that I want to hammer home to you is this you are going to see a drop in your organic search traffic. Let me repeat that. You are going to see a drop in your organic search traffic. Just go ahead and mark it down. Know that that's coming. And and the reason being is uh, with SE, it's really not sending anybody to the sites. It's using information that is being found, of course, on on various websites and compiling that information, but it's answering right on within the results. So there's going to be less opportunity for people to actually navigate to your website. That doesn't mean that they're not going to see content. It's just going to be in a different form. But I'm going to repeat one more time. You are going to see a drop in organic traffic. So where I'm getting at with this one, just to familiarize yourself with 
SGE, there was this, an article that was published January 5th of the search engine land. For anybody that's interested in SEO, fantastic resource. And this is a synopsis written by Danny Goodwin of a research study that was done by Authoritas. I think I pronounced that correctly, which is a, a company, I believe they're in the UK, but they provide a number of different search SEO tools and things of that nature. And so they have these vast amounts of data. They've done a very, very in-depth study. This occurred in December of 2023. They ran 1000 commercial terms through a handful of SGE enabled Google accounts using the desktop service to assess the impact of Google's SGE. So here's what we found. This is really fascinating stuff. I want to kind of read through my notes here, but I want to make sure that I get this correct for you. So the article from Authoritas dis discusses, again, the potential impact of SGE. And in summary, it's finding a number of different things that are going to be different moving forward. For those of you that are relying on ranking reports or rank tracking, ranking reports is very antiquated, but rank tracking is something that a number of different SEO software um, and agencies use these things just to kind of keep their thumb on the pulse of how things are happening. But this is going to mm -hmm. completely change that. So if you do rely on those types of reports, you are going to see those things drop. Just be mindful of that and don't freak out because it, it's going to happen. But the things that are fascinating about this is that the percentage of decrease of what you're going to see in your organic traffic, obviously, is going to vary from individual company on a case-by-case -case basis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but you, know, you can see a variety of different predictions. I'm seeing anywhere from 10 to as high as 64% decrease in organic traffic once SGE is fully in place, which it is not at this moment, but it will be seen. And the fascinating thing too about this is the difference, the disparity between the results that are uh, found through SGE or through organic traffic. I know I'm being a little repetitive here, but 86.8% of the keywords analyzed in this study with about 10 links per answer were in the results. Interestingly enough, only four of those 10 links were actually unique. So it was really relying on the same general sources of information in the SGE results. And so the SGE content does not match any links from the top 10 Google organic search results, 93.8% of the time. That's mind blowing to me. So that is just further evidence that these are two completely different models. And we need to prepare. We need to start preparing for this. So how do we do that? There's still a lot of ambiguity out there, but one, making sure that you're creating useful content. Wow. That's earth shattering information for you, right? You've been told that for years and years now, but it's just really important that you do create that unique and useful content. So. If your content strategy is to go to chat GPT, then ask it to write you 600 words about how awesome it is to visit your location. That's not going to suffice. You're going to, you're going to really need to pay some attention here. Some of the other things too, that I think will really be helpful for this use 
I heard lots of talk about rich snippets in the past, and that's something that's been you know in place with Google for quite some time now. Featured snippets, rich snippets. There's lots of different ways that we can describe this. Do you think that those are going to be persistent? I, I'm basing that simply upon the fact that those snippets were already being pulled by Google based upon the code and the things around them. It was machine readable content essentially. And so AI, a robot is going to be the one determining what shows up in these results. Let's make sure that we're presenting that information to the robots in a way that they can understand it. So really looking at those featured snippets and how you can optimize using things like schema and so forth. A lot of CR or excuse me, CR CMS, goodness gracious, it's Friday y'all. A lot of the CMS systems have some tools that can be built in there, plugins and so forth. But I, I do think that that's one of those things. Again, the unique content and the on-page, th those things, those are things that we've always talked about. I don't think that that's going to change so much. It's not, it's not necessarily the signals that are changing as much as the interpretation of the signals. So lots of things to unpack here and. It's just way too much for us to cover here right now, but just know it is coming. It is very, very different than what we have known related to SEO in the past. So study up, do your best, because if you don't, you, you are, you're going to pay the price and you'll find a couple of links, the show notes so that you can go and read this article from search engine land. And again, you can see this full study. This is pretty in-depth. There's a lot of really dense information here, but there are some great resources and these things can really help you start to prepare. So Google, SGE, start to pay attention to it. It's coming. We are going to shift gears now and we're going to take a look at the tech spotlight. And in this particular segment, we're going to be looking at some information that came about from an article that was published at insiderintelligence.com. The title of this piece a guide to ad measurement and identity resolution for marketers, trends, tactics, and APIs. Lost on pack here. So we all know that understanding our audience is the key to successful marketing. We all also know we've just been hammered over the head with this about the deprecation of third-party cookies, as well as the increasing privacy laws. So marketers in general are facing new challenges in accessing and utilizing consumer data. And so how can travel and tourism industry professionals adapt to these changes? So we're going to take a quick look at this. Again, all this information is going to be in the show notes for you. This is a great read. I really encourage you to go take a look at it. And I'm going to touch on just a few things here um, that I think are really important. So again, the importance to understand the value of first party debt. This is nothing new. This has been a very hot topic for quite some time. Everybody's been hammering at home. You need first party data. Well, the time is here. And so this is data, first party again. First party data is information that you collect directly from your customers. Gives you a lot of great insights into behaviors, preferences, and things of that nature. But there are several different ways that you can collect this data. Many of you have been doing this for quite some time. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to make, make it actionable. But again, th this is the information that you collect with, say, travel guide requests, email signups, and things like that. Really encourage users to register when they visit your website. You can gain some valuable information there. 
but you can do things like loyalty programs, membership programs, whatever the case may be. So when we think about targeting and measuring your advertising campaigns, this is where quote unquote privacy safe identity solutions become really important. These include things like universal IDs, seller defined audiences, even utilizing things like data clean rooms, which if you have, if you're not familiar with data clean rooms, this is going to be something that I think you'll start to hear a lot more about. And essentially it's just storage location is locked down because if you're not taking care of the data that you are capturing from folks, you're going to have some problems to deal with. They're going to lose trust. It's going to create issues and data clean rooms are things again, that I think that will become more and more part of your tech stack and conversation. Alternative IDs. Again, there's a lot of the great things in this article that kind of spell these things out, but these are privacy focused identifiers that allow you to still access that first party data that's given to you by the customer, but it's anonymized. So, you know, assets such as email addresses and things of that nature can be not anonymized. I'm not sure if I said that right or not, but they can be hashed. This, that's just a, a term that's used that takes uh, data and encrypts it but it, it comes with an identifier so that you can still access and utilize the information that's stored within that quote unquote container. But adapting to the changing landscape of ad measurement and identity resolution, and this is, this is, this is tough. This is hard work, but you know, there are some steps that you can begin taking. Many of you already have, uh, to continue to create targeted and personalized campaigns, gather that data. And all of the great information that can become actionable to really help further customize your campaigns, really pinpoint targeting and, and hone in on the accuracy so that you're serving information to people that they are interested in, in a way that they would wish to consume. So again, just kind of going back through and, and some of the important pieces that kind of jumped out to me. Let's just look at these alternative ID solutions. Uh, ID 2.0. This is something we, um, we at Digital Relativity use a trade desk. This is an identifier that they have developed and is doing quite well. But there is a number of other ways that you can gather that information and then, you know, start to working towards what you're going to do with it. Again, yeah, these are things that many of you are already doing with, say, the web collection forms, user registration, building out further engagement with your social media, encouraging people to interact and, and share their information with you. So I really encourage you to head on over to insiderintelligence.com uh, to just search for guide to ad measurement. You should be able to find it quickly. It's also, I'm going to provide the link in the show notes. But I'd love to hear from you with questions that you have about this. It is a lot to unpack. Again, nothing new. We've been talking about this for a while, but uh, I do feel that it's kind of slipped off the radar and it's going to jump up very soon and catch a lot of folks off guard. So if you're not thinking about it, get in there. And if you are unfamiliar with some of these topics, go check out this link. It's a really great read. And it's time to shift focus. We are going to take a look at our destination spotlight. 
This may eventually end up being called Campaign Spotlight. I'm not really sure. I will welcome your input on that, though. So the whole point, purpose of this particular segment is just simply to shine the light on some some interesting and fun campaigns that we have seen in travel and tourism throughout the world and intended just as a way to share some really creative ideas, inspire us, and and just to start to think about things because, man, there are some really smart and creative folks out there in the travel and tourism space and marketing, and I just love some of these examples. So I'm going to kick this one off. I absolutely love this campaign. This is from May of 2022. But before I dive into what the campaign is, let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this for just a moment. If you were given a piece of research that told you that 41% of people check their work emails while on vacation and 14% of those individuals review their emails five to six times every day. So think about that for a second. And how would you attack that? How would you handle that as it relates to presenting travel and tourism options to folks? Well, in this particular example, Again, from May of 2022, so it's not exactly fresh, but it is awesome nevertheless. This is from Inspired by Iceland, and it is called Outwurse Your Email. This uh, was a campaign developed by uh, MNC Sachi Peel Iceland and SSNK for Inspired by Iceland. And the whole premise of this campaign was designed to encourage travelers to disconnect from work and fully experience their vacation while they're in Iceland. So to kind of kick this off and before we dive into some of the numbers, um, I'm going to let you take a little listen to this TV spot. You're going to find links to all these things in the show notes, but this is really great. Nothing ruins your vacation like work. Thankfully, Iceland has created the perfect solution. I'll post your email. A revolutionary service where Icelandic horses write real out-of-office replies so you can relax. They are trained in corporate buzzwords. Your boss will never know the difference. Outhorse your inbox and free up your vacation. Forceyouremail.com to try for yourself. So we've got a number of different things to unpack with this. I mean, first of all, you're combining animals and cuteness with humor. You're presenting some information in a way that is very unexpected. And I absolutely love this campaign. But they literally train these horses how to stomp on keyboards and, and respond. And that is absolutely hysterical and just truly fantastic. But, you know, there's several components to this that I think are really important for us all to keep in mind. One, this campaign is based on research. They took the numbers, they problem solved, try to solve this. And two, it's very measurable, trackable, and was successful. And so... The campaign earned 3.7 billion impressions with 6.8 million in earned media and 100% positive press sentiment. That's just crazy. 16.8% increase in travel intent by U.S. travelers in particular. And more than 2,000 outhorsed emails were spent. The campaign also contributed to 391 thousand tourists flying into Iceland's airport there. I can't pronounce this. I'm not even going to try it, but just some really fantastic numbers here. Very successful campaign. And this serves as a great example of how a, a very creative and unique approach based upon research and data 
can really effectively engage folks and drive results. It's just really a super fun campaign. And again, some really fantastic numbers that are available here. You'll find links to all of this in the show notes. And, you know, again, this is a segment too, that I'm really going to rely on you all to help me find some examples. So if you see some things that you feel are, are really creative and effective, you see some maybe case studies or whatever it might be about some really effective campaigns in the travel and tourism space. I want to know about them. Please share them with me. You can tweet or I guess it's X. You can send me a message on X at Pat Strader. You can also text or call and the, the number is 209-300-5017. You can text that number. You can drop me an email, tti at digitalrelativity.com. But in the meantime, Go and outhorse your inbox and get out there and uh, find some data and some great campaigns. And this week's research roundup, we are going to take a look at the American Travel Sentiment Survey, Wave 81, provided to us by Longwoods International and Mile Partnership. You can find a link to go download this in the show notes. You got to provide your email address. Aside from that, it's free. And just really, again, grateful for Longwoods and Miles for providing this. In this most recent study, which was conducted January 10th of 2024, we do see a slight uh, increase of folks that are concerned about COVID impacting their travel decisions. You know, a couple of the other things that I think are really important to look at here is the survey does provide specific percentages of respondents in their travel plans. 14% report not having any trips planned. 16% planning to travel within the next month, 18% in the next one to two months, and 35% in three to five months. So what do we do with that? I think that there's a number of different things that you can be doing to help with the short term. It's just really starting you know, inspire people to travel. Last minute deals, flexible booking options, I think can be something really, really important. Uh, to look at there. But I, I think that when you look at those percentages, it's going to give you some ideas about how to approach different groups and, and timing of when you approach and when you're in market. Inflation, this is something that is, you know, we've seen a slight increase in this particular wave. Nothing new in the sense of this has been top of mind for a lot of folks for quite some time. Of course, it's a hot button topic just in general. But I think that guest marketers could focus on all-inclusive packages. We can allow people to lock in rates. There's things like that that can help provide budget certainty for travelers. And when we look at the perceptions, the survey reveals that vacations are highly anticipated. This is not new information. We know this. And, and that travel is seen as a way to strengthen bonds with friends and family. And marketing campaigns that we can create that evoke the emotional benefits of travel, the creation of those memories, I, I think could resonate well with potential travelers. Again, this is nothing earth shattering. These are all things that we've talked about, but the overall, the, the numbers related to the perception of travel are, are quite encouraging. 32% value making experiences or acquiring material belongings. This again, nothing earth shattering. We've seen this quite a bit. Just continue to capitalize on that. You're, you're helping to evoke creation of memories through experiences. 29% appreciate traveling more now after COVID-19. So I think that, you know, that's showing that, well, another 29% feel that travel means more to them now after the experiencing the pandemic related travel restrictions. So I think that there are 
there are some things that we should be concerned about, you know, concerns about inflation, concerns about gas prices, but there are some really encouraging numbers here. And, and I think that there's a lot of positivity that we can take from this. One other thing that kind of stood out to me here was just respondents reporting service levels and reporting the same level of service before the pandemic. And so I think that there really could be a huge opportunity in placing high value on communicating, improving service levels. And I think that that could be a competitive advantage and should be communicated, you know, and the things that you're putting out there with your marketing material. So overall, um, there are some, you know, continuing trends with this. We're seeing a little increase in a number of these different topics. I'm not, I'm not going to read through this for you because I, I think that you need to go and then spend some time looking at it yourself. And I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you about it. Uh, if you have any research or reports or anything that you find that are useful, please, please let me know. And I look forward to sharing little bits and pieces of information that can hopefully help everybody as you're working on crafting your strategies and your tactics. That's all for today's episode. I hope that you found one small piece of information to help you along your marketing journey. If you have any questions or a topic that you'd like to hear covered or a great example of travel and tourism marketing in the wild, I'd love to hear from you. Just drop me an email tti at digitalrelativity.com. That's tti at digitalrelativity.com. You can text 209-300-5017. That's 209-300-5017. Or message me on X at Patchtrader. I'm your host, Patchtrader, signing off. And I invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we continue to explore the future of travel and tourism marketing.